0: Good evening. Welcome to Making Progress, News for a Change, here on WPBM LP Asheville. This is the edition for the week of January 7th. I'm your host, Veronica Gunter, joined in the studio by both David Lynch. Hey, David. Hey, everybody. And Barry Summers. Hi-ya. Up next, we have the Riverkeeper for RiverLink. Hold on just a moment. Let me get him on the line. Hartwell Carson, do I have you on the line?
1: Yeah. Hey, how you doing?
0: Thanks for joining us. I'm doing very well. How are you?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Doing great.
0: Now you are the French Broad River keeper. Can you tell us um, what does that mean?
1: Well, it is a, uh, a something people ask me a lot, um, and, and when I talk to kids, they they pretty much hit it right on the head, and they say I'm charged with keeping the river, which is uh, which is true, but it is a little more complicated than that. We um, we do basically everything that involves with sort of keeping the river healthy and and that involves everything from monitoring and, and, and enforcing uh, people that are breaking pollution laws to environmental education to, from kids to adults uh, to working with city and county and state with a uh, policy that can help uh, keep the river clean and, and clean it up in the future. And then we also do some in-the-ground projects, such as putting in um, what we call BMPs like rain gardens and doing river restorations to help Clean the river up. So, usually everything we do falls in there somewhere. But we but we do a lot of stuff at RiverLink, and and the Riverkeeper program is one of the ways we're really successful with that.
0: Well, what is the value of a clean river?
1: Well, somebody really smart said the the value of our society. You, you can tell how you value your society by by your, how clean your rivers are. And not only is it is it uh, healthy for environmental aspects for for fish and wildlife, but it's also an economic engine for our area. You know, a clean river brings in tourism, it brings in recreation, and it also brings people that want to live near clean, healthy resources. For as long as Asheville's been around, people have been coming here for a clean, healthy environment, and uh, the the river is certainly key. Clean drinking water and clean recreation is, is is a key aspect to everyday life.
0: Harwell, Hartwell, you are the French Broad River Keeper for the organization called RiverLink. What um, does RiverLink do in our community?
1: RiverLink ha- has a has a hand in a lot of stuff, and people are always surprised when we tell them that there's only four of us that work at RiverLink. But um, we do a lot of stuff. We, we rely very heavily on volunteers is how we do a lot of what we're doing. And our mission statement is the economic and environmental revitalization of the French Broad Watershed as a place to live, work, and play. So it's it's very broad, but we're, you know, we have our hand in a lot of parks and greenways stuff. We do a lot of river cleanups. We have a full-time education person that goes out to schools and does a lot of environmental education. And we're kind of generally just have our hand in the mix of, of trying to uh, boost the, the value of our rivers by cleaning them up and, and also uh, and, and boost the economic, you know, value of our rivers.
0: Well, Hartwell, I got an email about a program that is one of many programs that RiverLink provides, and it's called, I believe, the Muddy Water Watch program. Yeah. And there's some training um, that's get, happening later this month. What is um, that program, and who would you like to see get involved?
1: Sure. It's a it's a really exciting program. We're working. It's a statewide program, which is, is one of the great values of it. It, it um, got going through efforts with the Neuse Riverkeeper and, and several of the uh, river keepers around the state of North Carolina. Uh, the French Broad watershed is one of the places where we're implementing it. And we are basically training citizens how to recognize erosion control violations and, and how to report those violations. Now, the biggest polluter to our watershed is sediment, and people are often surprised to hear that, that, that dirt is a, such a big polluter. But it is the largest polluter in the French Broad watershed, and generally the largest polluter throughout the country. Uh, a lot of what happens is uh, sediment runs off of new construction sites. And usually that's through poorly implemented, uh, what we call best management practices, stuff like silt fences and sediment basins, and those things aren't implemented properly or maintained properly. And what we want uh, citizens to be able to do is, is recognize when those things aren't done properly so that they can be fixed before we do some of these big, massive runoffs of dirt that, run out into the street and, and often down into the river. You know, we, we all live in a watershed. It all drains downhill and eventually it makes its way to the river. And often that sediment contains stuff like bacteria and heavy metals and, and nutrients that can that can really cause a big impact to the water quality of our river. So what we're hoping is to train people, and we want anybody that's interested in a very flexible commitment to the program. Our training dates are uh, start January 29th. And it, we're going to cover everything from what a best management practice is to what the Clean Water Act is and, and who you call depending on where you are and what type of violation you might be seeing.
0: And can you tell us, more? can you describe um, how a person would uh, participate in the program? I mean, are they going to expect that they're going to need to confront people who are having erosion control violations? I mean, to give people a real uh, clear picture on, are they going to be visiting local streams on certain days and times and recording things, or are they going to be confronting violators, just so people can have a sense of sure. um, what they're doing?
1: Yeah, we're, we're really looking at this as a, as a positive program, so it's not all about, you know, we're out to hammer people that are doing the wrong thing. Certainly, people that are doing the wrong thing, we want, we want them to correct the problems, but we're also out to, you know, celebrate the people that are doing the good stuff because there, there are plenty of those people out there. Um, there are, unfortunately, plenty of the, the other people, too. So we're really most people will be sort of patrolling. You know, it, it's you know, probably not the right word for it, but they'll be out in their, in their little sub-watershed. You may live in Hall Creek or you may live in Hendersonville, and you may, um, you know, on your way to work, might see problems. And we're, we, won't be, we won't ever be trespassing. We'll just kind of be monitoring things from, from public roadways generally to just go to see what's going on. Or, or after a big rainstorm with the, the stream that runs through your backyard is running really muddy, you know, maybe try and figure out, you know, what the cause of that is. Is it coming from a, a certain area? Is it is it naturally that color? Or is it, um, is it something that's above and beyond what's a sort of the natural color of our streams? And, and we also have some roles for other people that maybe necessarily don't want to visit sites. But we're not really seeing ourselves as a, as a police, you know, force out there. We're, we're, uh, we're relying on the regulators to do the enforcement. We're just sort of educating the public that's already out there seeing these problems to what's going on and, you know, what they can do about it so they have a better understanding. The number one problem a lot of the enforcement agencies get is that people call in and they either don't know, uh, they're either calling the wrong person or they don't exactly know what they're seeing, and, and that causes a lot of wasteful time for the enforcement folks. So we see uh, this as having a, uh, a, a group of people that will be very trained to know what they're seeing. So when they do get calls, they'll be very reliable um, calls that they can they can base their, their time and energy on.
0: We're speaking with Hartwell Carson, who is the French Broad Riverkeeper through RiverLink. Hartwell, um, how long has the Mudder, Muddy Water Watch program been going on and how many folks participate? Say that three times fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it actually was, um, it was started in Georgia by the, by the Chattahoochee Riverkeeper, which is one of the oldest riverkeeper programs. And it was so successful there that uh, the riverkeepers in North Carolina looked around and said, well, this is our biggest problem we're dealing with also, so you know, maybe we can replicate this here. And it's really just getting off the ground here in, the, in North Carolina. The Neuse Riverkeeper down in the Raleigh area is just launching their program now and the French Broad is launching their program. We're the two of the first programs to sort of get this off the ground. And we've gotten uh, funding from the Pigeon River Fund locally and from the Z. Smith Reynolds Fund that's been able to help us launch the program. And so we're, we're, um, we're getting it off the ground, but we're basing it on a sort of tried-and-true method that, that was very successful down in the Atlanta area on the Chattahoochee River.
0: What are some of the other ways that the public currently volunteer with River League? and help you do your job as river keeper?
1: Well, I think our most visible thing is our river cleanups. That's a very popular way to volunteer because it's a a small-time commitment, but it it really is a big impact. You can see that 20 bags of trash that you pulled out the river and the the 30 tires we may have pulled out in a day. So we do a lot of river cleanups, and we have an Adopt-a-Stream program that's also very popular, which is built around churches or businesses or, or just neighborhood organizations adopting a stretch of stream and a, agreeing to clean it up twice a year. And and that's been very helpful to broaden the focus of our river cleanups. But we do a lot of other stuff too. We you know, we help turn uh, uh, blighted areas into parks. We do uh, a, a river core program, which is working with different school groups. Asheville Middle School is one of the ones we've done a lot of work with where we get the kids out there and plant trees and we build a rain garden which has helped filter pollutants alpha uh, running off of houses and parking lots and we have people that lead our riverfront bus tours which are popular uh, we take people around for a two-hour tour of the of the river district and tell them the history the sort of the past present and future so we really are able to do a lot of work with uh, with not a lot of staff through the help of the public and we're hoping the muddy water watch will be similar where we can you know I've been doing this kind of thing for a while and I realize there's a lot more to do than than I can possibly do, so we want to enlist people from all over the, the watershed, from Transylvania all the way into to Tennessee to help us uh, sort of monitor some of the problems that are going on.
0: Listeners can find out more about RiverLink at their website, riverlink.org. There's also a link from our website, wpvm.org. But Hartwell, for some folks who would like to make phone calls, who could they call and speak to about the tra- training for the Muddy Water Watch program, and any of the other um, programs available at Riverlink?
1: Yeah, you can feel free to call me, um, Hartwell, the French Broad River Keeper, and my number is 828-252-8474, and my extension is 114. Or you can email me at riverkeeper at riverlink.org. And you can find all that, too, on the website. So if if you're like me and you forget that stuff pretty quickly. The website's riverlink.org.
0: And Hartwell, can you share one either misconception or one thing that you know as Riverkeeper that when you share with folks um, really surprises them?
1: Well, I, I think it's um, it, it's hard when you the main question people want to know is, is, is the river healthy enough to swim in or clean enough to swim in? And it really is a fine line because we, we've come such a long way with the French Broad River from the days where Wilma Dykeman said it was too thick to drink and too thin to plow back in the 1950s to to now where it generally is a, a fairly healthy river. And in, in a lot of instances, you, you can swim pretty confidently in the river. But there are a lot of areas that are, are still struggling along. So it's a it's a fine line to tell somebody that that creek that they may think looks great is, is pretty dirty. And some areas that they think are dirty are actually fairly clean. And, you know, you can feel pretty confident swimming and fishing in those areas. But... You know, we have a long way to go, and and I I feel like the Muddy Water Watch is going to be a big step to get us in the right direction to, you know, keep cleaning up the river and not starting to go back towards those days where you could smell it before you could see it, which is what a lot of people used to say.
0: Well, thank you, um, Hartwell Carson, the French Broad River Keeper. Thank you for joining us this evening.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks. Have a good one. You're listening to Making Progress News for a Change.